Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Monday, October 11th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is acknowledging Indigenous Peoples Day today. It used to be a different holiday. Now we are acknowledging Native Americans and the land that the Wells Fargo Center sits on once belonged to the Lenape people and just want to give them a moment today and uh, look up some of their history. It's a really interesting people. Yeah, it's great. Highly recommend you look it up. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. Keep up to date on all the Flyers news, our episodes. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm your host, Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam, and I'm here with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, we are going to talk about Friday's Flyers vs. Caps game. That was our last preseason game. We are going to talk about Martin Jones a little bit, and then we're going to bring back the nemesis of the week. Season's about to start, so figured we'd bring that back to the show. <laughs> That's good. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So subscribe, and you'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Sports Network. All right, Russ. So we had a bit of a mixed bag for our last preseason game versus the Caps on Friday. And I think we're having some recurring themes, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, because sometimes you just want to know what the issues are and you want to know what your strengths are. But I, I think that the first thing that was very obvious from that game is that special teams continue to be an issue zero for four on the power play and the PK was two for three yeah I think and we can't blame power play thing on changes and and changes in players simply because it's a philosophy and if it's working it should really work for anybody that's on the power play for the team so yeah it's not exactly the way you want to go about it I'm not smart enough to tell you right now what the problem is But if I wanted to fall back to last year and a little before that, when it's not working, there seem to be a lot of passers and not enough shooters. Yeah, I think you're right there that they have, I think, improved their ability to get set up more often in the later part of the preseason versus the very beginning. So I think they're starting to get the system together, at least to get set up, which is good progress. So I don't want to discount that. But then they have to figure out how to get those shots off. Right. It's a very funny thing because... A lot of times you'll hear on broadcast, well, you know, the puck movement was great. Yeah, puck movement's great. It's fantastic. But at some point, somebody has to actually score or it doesn't matter. You don't get points for puck movement. And, yeah, their puck movement's been good. And Yandel's one of the best. But I, I, to fold it into this, I will say this. The top shot guy for the Flyers in this preseason was Ryan Ellis with 16. And I told you he has a way better shot than Yandel. But Yandel's going to be on the power play because of his puck movement. But if he's not scoring goals, then you do kind of wonder, are they wasting a little of Ryan Ellis? Now, he'll score goals five on five. But again, it's a good sign, but also a little alarming that 
here he's the guy that's leading the team in shots. Now, if it was a Peter Laviolette team, I get it, because that's how it used to work with the defense being a lot of the offense. But I don't think that's the way they meant this to be. I don't think so either. And I think, you know, the PK is not the worst I've ever seen. But I also think that they have some weak points in terms of a little bit of puck chasing. I think Mm -hmm. they got lucky on at least one of the penalty kills in terms of a a post or like a missed shot entirely. But the the structure like wasn't entirely to my satisfaction. You know, the PK is an interesting thing because it was so bad last year that they put so much emphasis on this year that they got a lot of guys that could play the PK. But now you have to sort of get the chemistry. And I don't think they have the full chemistry for that yet. But I'm not worried on, about the PK like I was last year. I think because they have enough guys that have a history of playing it, that they'll figure that out. So I do think that that's one of those things that just hasn't been figured out yet. But to go back to one of your earlier points, you know, I don't think Elaine Vigneault figured out enough things this preseason. Yeah, I'm hoping they'll take this extra time this week and maybe work on some of that and and make some tweaks that will hopefully get things headed in a better direction. I think the second issue for me is the fourth line. I think that they're slow and they're getting beat to the puck a bunch. And we had this problem a couple of years ago, the first time Nate Thompson was on the Flyers, that they would put his line out there after a goal was scored and then they would get scored on again. (laughs) Like if they need to put out a stronger line after the Flyers get get scored on. You know, it's an interesting thing because there used to be guys – with a lot of speed on some fourth lines around the league. You know, you would get your Grabners or your Hagelins when he was first coming up, then he got so good, he got moved up. But you would get those guys, and they could wreak a lot of havoc because, yeah, they do come at you fast, and maybe the other guys are your dig in the corner, checking guys. But it is good to always have a speed guy on the line. They just don't have enough speed on the team to have a speed guy on the line. And so they did invest in a lot of those older pros which is fine but you have to get to the playoffs before those guys really do what you want them to do because otherwise you're right uh other teams are going to be playing much younger guys i shouldn't say all teams though it'll be some teams because there is a bad trend right now and this is something that i feel like elaine Vigneault has fallen back into quickly because the league did so he had an excuse he always wants the ultimate fourth line he's wanted that Uh, You know, with the Rangers, with Tanner Glass, with Vancouver before that, there's always been that thing for him. And so now, you know, he gets to put like all the bruising talent he wants on a fourth line because you have to, right? You have to have it in the league now. Well, you know, now the problem is that what you're talking about is the downside of that. I think the rest of the observations I had were slightly less glaring but some good some bad I definitely think games against the Caps are going to be chippy this year oh yeah uh, if that preseason game was any indication and the games that the Caps have played against other teams have also been chippy so it'll it'll be a fun division this year I I think think the Capitals defense is a little better than we're all given a credit for if they if they could afford to send Michael Kempney down and, you know, guys like Feyavari with speed, youngsters who also can hit, are making some headway with them. It's going to be a little different. I know Charo was there, but also 
with Charon out there, there is a plus to having more speed. So I think, you know, that's the uh, the interesting thing. So I think the Capitals will be a pain. I do. I definitely discounted them a little bit before I saw some of this preseason. So uh, they'll, they will be tough competition. And then I think a couple of good things is that the Flyers continue to be really good at faceoffs. I'm worrying they're not producing off of them enough, but I think that'll come with time. Yeah, it should come in time. I mean, they, they've been good in faceoffs now for yeah, a good two, three years. Uh, I do think it will turn into something. So that that part I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about that at all, actually. Yeah. And then the last thing is that I really think the top guys on the team can score a lot and they will score. And, you know, especially Cam Atkinson is just shooting Mm -hmm. his little heart out. And I love it. And I think that that will potentially motivate some of the other guys. I think Coots is going to shoot more. I think Giroux is going to shoot more because I don't think he's going to want Cam Atkinson to have more goals than him. Well, I still think, I got to tell you, I still think Farabee is going to end up leading the team in goals. I think Atkinson will be up there too. The problem is the other guys that you're mentioning, we want them to shoot, but they're pass first guys. And so that's always the struggle for Giroux. He, he is not a shoot-first guy. And so a lot of times he doesn't shoot. Even on the power play, he should shoot more, but he doesn't. Couturier um, isn't a shoot-first guy either, but at least he'll drive to the net sometimes. And that's good because, you know, that gets him uh, gets him some goals. JVR should be a shoot-first guy. Where was JVR in the, po- in the preseason? Did you notice him other than he's faster? Yeah, I don't know. He he should be one of the top four goal scorers of this team. Has to be. Well, I think that we will have to give them a little bit of time. Yep. Gaining a little bit more chemistry. And I have no doubt that those guys will step it up. I don't know if it'll be consistent, but they will definitely at least have their moments because we know they're good for that. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends logging for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. A great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Before we get into some Flyers news and talking about Martin Jones, make sure you check out Crosscheck's live NHL season preview show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark on the Locked On NHL YouTube page. That'll be tomorrow, Tuesday, October 12th from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Andrew and Mary will tee up the new NHL season with a look at the key storylines around the league, featuring drop-ins from our roster of local NHL hosts, fantasy insights from Locked On Fantasy Hockey Scott Cullen, and all the award and Stanley Cup playoff predictions. Yeah, I know Mary from when she covered the Flyers. Good person. She is great. And uh, you might just hear me as one of those drop-ins. I don't know. Just saying. Just saying. Well, today is a full day off for the Flyers, but apparently they're doing some team activities, including golf. So that'll be nice for them. Some team bonding. 
Uh, we got some news over the weekend in addition to that. Yegor Zamula was cleared for practice again, so he was on the ice uh, with the team. Mm-hmm. And he'll definitely get moved to the Phantoms, but yeah. it was just good to have a day with the Flyers so they could see what his condition was. And then uh, Ryan Ellis and Rasmus Ristolainen had two maintenance days in a row, which was a little concerning, but they said everything's fine and they will be at practice on Tuesday. So we're just going to have to believe them. I do have to say this, though. I do. Yeah. Um, with the Carter Hart maintenance day, just saying it's bumps and bruises. And now these two saying, you know, with two maintenance days, I mean, unless they're using sports science and I've never heard of the Flyers really going crazy with sports science like the Sixers have. It's a lot of maintenance days already. So I I am a little concerned. And I'm only more concerned about uh, Risto simply because uh, the way he's been throwing his body around. He he has been physical at times in the NHL, but never to that degree. And I hope because he's putting on a Flyers jersey, he doesn't feel like that's got to be the biggest part of his game now. Because that would be a mistake. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. In addition to... All of that, they put Nick Sealer on waivers, and they confirmed that they'll have 20 rostered players to start just simply because they can afford to do that with the homestand. Well, it's also a cap thing, right? And Yeah. And AV really did complain about it in a nice way. Now, my problem with, with that is AV went and asked Chuck to go you know, shop for the groceries, and he did. Cost a little more than he thought. So now they have to do the the roster manipulation when they're home. And once in a while, it ends up costing you a player that you don't really want to sit out having to sit out, you know. But but that's the way it is. I mean, the Leafs did it all last year, and it didn't really cost them. It's not the greatest thing, because you remember back in the Hextall era, they did it a lot with multiple players to get out of that cap trouble. So it's not as bad as that, but it does affect things. And I've noticed that, yeah, this is Vigneault's first kind of gripe, like, you know, but I don't think it's going to, there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing anybody can do about it. Not right now. Now, mentioning Nick Sealer on waivers, there were a lot of guys around the league put on waivers yesterday, and it's all in preparation for setting your opening day rosters for the season. There were a couple of guys at least on that waivers list that looked pretty tempting as a potential Garrett Wilson replacement, uh, (laughs) who I thought were much better than Garrett Wilson by far, who doesn't even have an NHL contract as of recording right now. So the first guy I thought uh, Tampa put on waivers, uh, Alex Barre Boulay, Mm -hmm. and also the Leafs uh, with Adam Brooks. Yeah. I mean, Barboulet is, is a kid who could really skate and should be able to produce offense offense at the NHL level, but they're so stacked and have cap trouble that, you know, I get where he just maybe just can't break in right now. But, um, and Brooks is really good all around. The issue is, I don't know if anybody's getting picked up because everybody sent everybody through waivers and so far we haven't heard anything. And I just kind of think it's the old gentleman's agreement, like, hey, let us all get our roster set the beginning of the year, we'll all leave it alone. And, you know, then after that, back to normal. So I, and we've seen this before. And I just had the gut feeling that that's what's going on right now because there are some really good players. You know, the Islanders are going to have to make a decision on Kiefer Bellows. Uh, 
if Keith, in, in a real world, if Keith or, Keith or Bellows hits the waiver, somebody should should get him. But again, I don't think it's going to happen. Well, I'm Team Chaos. I hope somebody at least claims somebody <laughs> that causes some uh, havoc around the league. Yeah, and it, it, you know the. The Garrett Wilson thing is interesting because uh, the explanation for keeping him wasn't good enough for me. Well, we, we said at the beginning of camp that if he if somebody played well, they would have a chance to make the team. So, so far he's played well, so so far he's with the team. All right. I mean, is that really a, a, a enough of a reason, though? Yeah, I, I think you're spot on there. I don't think he brings anything special or anything unique mm-hmm. that they need in their depth. Nope. right now and he's not on contract so i just i don't get it either but it kind of is what it is with these guys all right so real quickly we have been kind of up and down with martin jones a little bit this preseason and i saw a lot of people on flyers twitter getting really anxious about it and not really feeling confident in his play and i i feel like if you look at his three games that he had in this preseason, his combined save percentage is 9.05, which is not bad. It just really isn't. It's not great, but it's not like the basement depths that you it's might below have below NHL average. Yeah, I just it is. I don't know. I I thought that I, I'm trying to be positive here. I guess is I, what I I'm know. I, I get trying that to part. say I I don't think that we should be panicking yet. I don't think he's worse than we would have expected first off. And I don't think he's individually cost them game. Well, I'm not sure about that, but it doesn't matter. Preseason, it's fine. Uh, the the issue that I have is watching him, he faced the most shots in preseason, so they made sure he had a lot of shots of any goalie. I heard that stat the other day, and I was like, okay. And he also gave up a lot of goals. The issue for me is it feels like he's going to give up three goals every game. And it almost feels like now that that's the expectation of Flyers fans. Like, ugh, they're going to have to score four tonight or at least get to overtime because he's going to give up three. No matter what, whether you say it's his fault or not, whether it's a power play goal, whether it's a deflection, you know, my whole thing is all of that stuff comes up all the time, right? And it's easy to say, well, that's not the goalie's fault. And that's not the goalie's fault. But you know what? Sometimes the goalie just has to actually stop the puck at key times. And if it doesn't, then in the end... It's the goalie's fault. It's just the way it is. And I saw some video again, and this is where it's bad, right? There's a lot of good video people out there. The slowness that he was displaying post to post in San Jose is still there. It hasn't changed. So I don't think that that part has worked very well. And then when he's had that shaky glove hand, that is a mental thing too. So you hope that these bugs get worked out. He hasn't played a real game yet, so he's got a clean slate. But also, it could get chaotic if, I don't know, he goes 0 for 3 in his games and then all of a sudden it's like, uh-oh, now what do we do? Who are we going to bring up from Lehigh? Nobody has any NHL experience and we're paying him like, you know, over $2 million. This is where it is still a great gamble. There's no other way. You can't sugarcoat that. This has always been a gamble, and it's going to continue to be a gamble until he proves it otherwise. I mean, you're not wrong there in terms of the gamble. I, I just think that we are in maybe slightly better shape than we would have thought. Okay. Uh, do you think there's anything, though, that you would 
adjust in terms of strategically how you set up your defense in front of him? I'll tell you what, there's one thing that could be done, maybe. And I'm not a goaltending expert. There's guys for that. But because he is a guy that tends to give up a fair amount of rebounds and likes to direct the rebounds into the corners, I would kind of make sure that guys don't sort of get in his way. Like, in other words, if he's directing that rebound to the corner, just go to the corner. Like, don't be around the net. Don't feel like you have to block the shot around the net. Be there for when he gets the puck there. And the other thing is I probably would just instruct the whole team, look, he's not going to glove everything. You are going to have to be really aggressive around the crease to get that puck out of there because there are going to be some rebounds. Yeah, that would have been my advice, too, in terms of sweeping the puck out there. you got to have a cleanup guy. Yeah. It's time for me to do one of the most favorite things I get to do on this show, and that's talk about Bilt Bar because I love them so much. I almost always have one on me, whether I'm on the go or I'm out for a hike or something like that. Bilt Bars are a soft protein bar, but they taste just like a candy bar, and they have so many amazing flavors to choose from. There's something for everyone, no matter what your tastes are. Some of my personal favorites are the raspberry, strawberry, cherry barcia, and salted caramel. And if you're like me and you can't decide, you can order a mixed box, and they'll send you two of each flavor. But the best part is that they're healthy. Built Bars are great if you're looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in that delicious treat. They've got 17 or 18 grams of protein, but only 130 to 180 calories. They're low sugar, they're low carb, and they're great if you're on the keto diet. So go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, Russ. So before we get to our nemesis of the week, any <laughs> any last words on Martin Jones? Yeah, my my last word is I think there's still time to tweak some of the things he's doing, and I'm sure they're going to go over the video now. And look, Kim Dillabaugh has, has his hands full, only because it's hard to get a guy to – transform his game back to what it was three four years ago but that's where it's got to ha- that's what's got to happen because the Flyers backup goalie has to be able to win 15 games so and he's gonna have to win somewhere between 12 and 15 games I think Hart could shoulder a bit bigger load if he had to because he's young but you don't necessarily want that but again that's where I think we're at so let's see what what could happen with that? It'll be very interesting right from the get-go who they decide he's going to play against. I mean, you know, when you're out from opening night, I do think there's going to be um, some decisions to make with that now. I do too. I think they're going to have to really carefully consider who's going to play which start, and Carter Hart's going to have to play a lot more road games than he had before in order to make this balance work. Moving on to our nemesis of the week. Now, if you are not familiar with this segment, it is something in hockey, something Flyers related that is your nemesis for this upcoming week. You know, something that just like is really getting your goat. And it's a good chance to rant about something. I love ranting about things in hockey. So really selfishly. I'll just wait. I'm sure Gritty will annoy me. (laughs) 
Well, we will absolutely have some rants from Russ in this segment over the course of the season as well. Uh, So for this week's nemesis, for me, it's the NHL schedule. Now, the Flyers are not playing until Friday. There are teams playing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but we got to wait till Friday. From what I understand, the Bruins are waiting till Saturday. Wow. Before they have a game. I guess and it, I just, it must be a TV game. Yeah, it's National. ridiculous, though. I just think the wait between the last, a whole week between the last preseason game and the first regular season game, it's too long. Too long. I agree. There's, there's always a fine line with the schedule in the sense that you have this long wait. And then, like, I just know from covering games, then there's, like, there's a game Tuesday, there's a game Thursday, there's a game Saturday, there's a game Monday, there's a game, you know what I mean? Like, and then you get, like, amazing five games in, like, seven, eight nights. You wish it were more balanced, but there must be a reason, right? Right? You would think, but, and I understand them wanting to have, like, an opening night that's maybe just two games, so they have an early game and a late game, and everybody's focused on that. Totally yeah, as long as the sense. power doesn't go out like it did in Jersey. Oh, Lord. It's fine. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. You would just think that all the other teams would play over the next two days. Yeah. But no. No. Nah, it's not going to happen. Everybody has to wait. Yeah. Well, we will be waiting till Friday of this week to see our Flyers again on the ice. Alas. Wrapping up with our Flyers, fun thing at that last preseason game versus the Caps in warm-ups, Oscar Lindblom, Joel Farabee being absolutely adorable. Some sort of fencing move. Swashbuckling it was. Yes. (laughs) It was very cute. I don't know many swashbucklers. I know um, some might call Johnny Depp that, but I hated those movies. I know back in the day, like in my dad's day, it was like Errol Flynn. I don't know if there was like a swashbuckler in between, but that's that's what it reminded me. There was Inigo Montoya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Princess Bride. Yeah, that's what that reminded me of. So I, I did, I did laugh. It was great. I did too. All right. Thanks for listening to today's show, everyone. We will be back again tomorrow. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email the show at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ, and I'm on Twitter at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen locked on fantasy hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms.